Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you? Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name is Ryan Placetti, and I am here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the internet's bullshit. And I'm Matt Saintsing, and I'm just going to kick off our episode right now and say that you have a really interesting topic that I kind of just want to dive into feet first. Oh, well, it's going to pop off for sure. <laughs> So we're going to open the show with a bang. Agreed? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I formed a one-man exploratory committee to find new topics in Reddit to dive into. And one of the subreddits that I came across that I really enjoy is Illegal Life Pro Tips. (laughs) Do you have any idea what the subreddit's about? I feel like it's got to be like things that legally you shouldn't be doing but can help you out in other aspects of your life. It's a lot of it is people asking questions about how to perform certain types of criminal activities or how to illegally game the system. Okay. For the most part, the the folks on this subreddit, I don't want to lambaste them too much, but it's 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 a lot of really not terribly bright people. Or it's just people people having fun. It's people having fun. Yeah, there's some people on there having fun, and then there's some people on there legitimately asking how to commit stupid, stupid crimes. How can I steal this credit card from my work? Well, the first thing you want to do is not post about it on the I internet. I was just about to say, yeah, you, you want to not write your crimes down anywhere. Not have a record of your crimes is is is, is what I is what I try to live by. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's, so, uh, it's like that old saying: two people can keep a secret if one of them's not Reddit. I think <laughs> uh, Ben Franklin said that. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> Ben Franklin Big Boner said it on Reddit. <laughs> well, I assume it's the real Ben Franklin because he did have a big boner. Oh, wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad there's a record of that. <laughs> Maybe that's just the way it looks through his newly invented bifocals. Uh, yeah. So, oh, my God. My, he, of course, a man would fucking invent something to make his dick look bigger, right? Like, it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, my God. I got a patent. This. Everyone's going to want it. <laughs> he invented a penis enlarger. He gets all the French prostitutes to wear bifocals. Oh, God. Jeez. Well, w- what is this illegal pro-life tip? Well, the illegal pro-life tip that caught my attention was fire a gunshot near your home every few weeks to keep the property value and taxes low. This is posted by... User Cry for Absolution, which is a great name for an illegal pro tips uh, forum. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, fire a gunshot near your home every few weeks. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I live in Washington, D.C. It's much more frequent than that, and our property values are through the fucking roof. So, <laughs> all right, there's your urban take. Yeah. And I will tell you that I live in the country where there are a lot of hunters. There are parts of Pennsylvania that shut down for deer hunting season. That That sure. is just a thing that happens. I'm sure you're from Wisconsin. You know exactly oh, what yeah. I'm talking about. Everyone hunts up there, even people in the city. They drive out of the city and they hunt. In some respects, frequent gunshots in a rural community could actually increase property values by implying the existence of bountiful game. Well, that's that's interesting. I feel like, first of all, too, like, why would you want to keep your property value low because the taxes is low? So this is someone who's going to stay in their home for the rest. This is the home they're going to die in. They're not, this is not an investment that they're looking to recoup later in life. 
Well, I also think this question is probably being asked by somebody who does not own property, maybe. But as a homeowner, you want your property values to go up. So that way, it, because a house is an appreciable asset. Unless the taxes price you out. And that's happened in definitely in Washington, D.C., where people whose families have been here for generations, they can no longer afford the property taxes because the values are so high and they actually get displaced from their neighborhood. It's kind of a never ending cycle. And it's one of the major, I think, crises facing our generation, because in a capitalist system, there's a constant expectation for growth. And we've gotten to a point where buying into the market is extraordinarily difficult. Yeah, the housing market's insane right now. The other big issue is companies are coming around and purchasing properties so they can yeah. afford they can afford exorbitant rates and then they turn around and either rent the properties or they flip the properties at thus increasing the value again, making it so that you have a situation where people who are homeowners are potentially losing their houses. They're getting snapped up at discounted rates by co uh, corporations who are then turning around and renting it back to us. So why not shoot a gun in the air? Exactly. Totally makes perfect <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. Where are you shooting your gunshot every few weeks? If, are you if you're shooting it just in the air, like you won a soccer game, like you're a fucking yeah. asshole. But if you're like shooting it like, uh, like at, at your range at your country home, I mean, I guess, like, who, where are you shooting this gun? Are you, are you killing a cat every few weeks? I think the assumption here is that you're you're just popping off around in a not dangerous direction. However, I think there's an argument to be made for hitting something. Like a target? Or a person. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Well, you, I mean, I would say, I mean, the murder crime rates are definitely going to influence your property value in the other direction. See, a gunshot alone might get a police phone call or, uh, you know, a 911 call and have a cruiser show up. But a body will get an investigation going. Yeah, yeah. you drop you yeah. drop a body and that's going to make people raise their eyebrows. They're like, oh, wow, gunshots. That's weird. If you can escalate a noise disturbance to a murder, you can probably saddle your, your neighborhood with much lower property value and tax rate. Yeah, it's also a great way to start your true crime podcast and have your Netflix documentary. So there you go. Because the tax rates are staying the same, but the property value being lowered lowers the net amount of tax that's being paid in. Yeah, this definitely seems like an illegal tip. I'm not sure if it's pro-life or life for like, you know? <laughs> like, I'm not sure if it's a good tip. I think it all depends on how much you want to lower property values by. <laughs> do yeah. You wanna, do you want to lower it by noise disturbance levels or do you want a, a frequent murder level? Yeah. And if you go with the latter, how long do you think you can keep it up before you don't have to worry about paying your taxes at all? That's the free ride. <laughs> all thanks to the Second Amendment. <laughs> thanks, 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 Ben Franklin, with your bifocal huge cock and your sense of of, of constitutional rights. Oh man! But I, I, I did like this topic, and I yeah, it's funny. The guy did offer for clarification. Don't know if this actually works. Just saw a Facebook screenshot from some guy saying his neighbor does it. So this is this is one of those word of mouth internet things, and I, I can appreciate this guy coming to Reddit for advice, and and by by virtue of having posted it on this forum, summoned us into the world to clarify. So final ruling, do we think that this would be an effective way to lower property values? No, it would, it's definitely not a reliable way. It doesn't work every time because like, crime has never been higher. A lot of cities are living through a crime wave right now. We have the highest murder rate since 2003 in the city and property values have not inched down one bit, especially right now in the current market. So I think it is definitely not a reliable way of, of lowering your property value or your tax uh, requirement. What about you, buddy? I mean, that's the urban point of view. And from the rural point of view, like I hear gunshots every now and again, it doesn't change my perception of the property and value when you talk about property is largely perceived. Sure. Whatever someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah. It's whatever someone's willing to pay for it. And uh, I don't think gunshots alone are going to do the trick. And apparently in Washington, D.C., neither does murder. 
Yeah, well, yeah, uh, a lot of cities is kind of like that. The case, but speaking you know. of murders, I think you had another topic that's related to murder that you wanted to share. Yeah, so I found this post online floating around, and I just thought it was pretty funny. Um, so this this looks like a screenshot of someone's social media. I, I did find it on Twitter from this person named Holden Showers. That's a real and, name. Go on. And the yeah, it definitely says a talk, talk, you live in the rural area. You know about weird ass names like Brantley and Axley and Axel and all that other shit. Um, but the, the the post says, "How do you find the courage to masturbate if you believe in ghosts?" <laughs> so I think the first question we have to examine is: Is this a real post? And absolutely, it looks like it's from Twitter. Uh, and I did find Holden Showers' Twitter on online. Uh, her at is Holden Showers, but her name is Walking Piece of Shit, which I think is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a question posed by a walking piece of shit. So I'm for it. She only has 51 followers, and she joined in uh, October of 2021. 52 now. Yeah, right. Uh, she claims on her Twitter that the photo is a screenshot of her Facebook status. And then someone put it on Twitter, presumably for the lulls. But the photo she uses in her Twitter avatar is the same one in this in this supposed Facebook post. So either she's leaning into this or she put it on Twitter herself by trying to make a joke. Either way, it's fine. We've confirmed that this is an actual social media post. We have not confirmed that Holden Showers actually did this. Nor have we confirmed that Holden Showers is a real name. <laughs> no, but no, but, but but we have confirmed that she is a walking piece of shit. <laughs> well, she confirmed uh, that. I yeah. I, uh, what if the person with the Twitter account who claims that they're a walking piece of shit is actually the imposter, and the real Holden Showers is a perfectly normal, not walking piece of shit? Maybe, maybe, or maybe an immobile piece of shit. Yeah, that is absolutely a real something that happens is people impersonate random strangers on the internet. Catfishes are real pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the the question: How do you find the courage to masturbate if you believe in ghosts? Uh, bold of you to assume they'd want to see you jacking off or masturbating, <laughs> right? I mean, like if you're a ghost and you're floating around and you see like the person you're haunting start to unzip your pants, light a candle, get the lube out, maybe get some Kleenex. You'd be like, oh, this is time. This is my cue to leave. This is my cue to get the fuck out of there. I think you're underestimating the number of ghosts who are perverts. People who are satisfied with their entire sexual history, they, well, they go one of two ways. They either go to heaven content, having faithfully made love to the same person for upwards of 70 years, or they go straight to hell for doing all the things that they ever wanted to do. <laughs> ghosts, have, ghosts have unfinished business. So I think you're underestimating the number of perverts out there. But assuming ghosts are real... What is the appropriate course of action when administering some, so, shall we say, self-care? I, I think you'd have to burn some sage in the room. <laughs> Just You have to cleanse the spiritual environment, bring in a medium to clear the space first. The Long Island medium. No, yeah, you, yeah. Bring, you bring in a big-haired Jersey psychic. <laughs> <laughs> or, or John Edwards, right? Crossing over with John Edwards, remember that? Yeah, speaking of walking pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, selling snake oil, for sure. I, I just I just think when masturbating in the world of, of the living, we have home court advantage. So, um, <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, if you're jacking off in your home and you're alive, it is incumbent on the ghost just to find another hallway to to spook down right <laughs> um i just think we can never tell if ghosts are around but they know whenever we get down on that so if they're witnessing someone masturbating it is 100 on them i would say okay so well i mean this question sort of assumes that ghosts are or can be anywhere or yeah. everywhere at yeah. all times i don't think that ghosts are everywhere uh, if you if you're living in new construction in a nice neighborhood without any gunshots 
and <laughs> you're jerking off and you take care of things, you clean up, you do everything, and then you stick your hand in some ectoplasm. I think maybe Who the fuck is jerking off on a construction site. That's a that's, that's a hazard. I'm not saying jerking off on a construction. If you're Uh-oh. living in new construction, <laughs> oh okay. I'm, you got your hard hat on. You're you're huge into the YMCA fetish. You got your, you got your, you got your hard hat on. You, you got your your hog in your hand. You're, you're watching Scabby sway in the wind slowly on your non-union job site. <laughs> OSHA actually requires you to put a little construction hat on your tip of your dick. You know when you're doing that kind of thing. You gotta wear the yellow vest and everything like that. You gotta have a. F- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to quote Kalia from last week's episode, write that porn. Write that porn. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like it's called j- the, the jackhammering or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, we, we, we touched on it a little bit. It sounds like we're dealing with people who've touched on it more than a little bit. <laughs> Does this mean ghosts are perverts? Or some of them definitely are, I'm sure. Some, right? some ghosts are absolutely 100% perverts. Nobody has more unfinished business than a pervert. When you have dead relatives, right, and you accomplish something, they'll say, oh, don't worry, you know, uh, he's looking down on you from above. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. So he's looking at me when I earned my master's degree, but is he looking at me when I'm, like, fucking bored at 2 p.m. on Valentine's Day? Like, is he with Elvis? Hey, look at my son jacking off right there. Look at my... Or is he like, oh, shit. I think maybe what happens is there's probably... Well, because obviously Santa Claus and Jesus see you all the time. (laughs) I think in heaven, some gentle heart music would start playing and all your relatives would go, oh, wait, wait, hey, guys. Uh, yeah, it's the eighth time today. What the hell is he doing? He's glad I love heart music. <laughs> but in hell, I, I imagine there's like a chain link fence with a bunch of like your ancestors behind it, shaking it and screaming with fistfuls of dollars as they take bets on you. It's just a different vibe. It's more like a WWE announcer style. I've always wondered that. Oh, he was looking down on you today. Well, I hope he's not doing it on some days, right? I, I hope, you know, what if I'm blowing <laughs> up? A, is, he, is he looking down on me when I'm blowing up a toilet after eating Taco Bell for four days straight? Like, what the fuck? I would never eat Taco Bell for four days straight, and that's how I know you're going to hell. <laughs> well, so uh, the question we still need to answer is, how do you find the courage? <laughs> and I would say if you, if you were fine with ghosts potentially looking at you, Uh, masturbating i would say self-confidence and being secure in your own body and sexuality is key you won't care if anyone in the non-living realm would see and so we can never really know if they if they are watching you so you might as well just be comfortable in your own skin flute well i (laughs) think i think you have to start off by digging down deep possibly in your shorts uh, to find the courage that's what i call it nowadays my courage I think there is actually one other element of this that we haven't addressed. The the pro ghastly voyeur set. Ooh. What about the people who don't need to find the courage, but who absolutely need to have a ghost in the room to masturbate? Like that's oh. their thing. Yeah. <laughs> like they're a specter in the streets and a freak in the sheets. That would be the best ghost hunting show in the world. As you go, <laughs> you go sneak into places. Oh my god! I think I hear something. Now's the time. You're like, why some? <laughs> Have some harp music playing, light some candles, get your Kleenex out. You know, <laughs> this is your race dance moment. <laughs> I, this is like a it's like a ghost hunting TV show you'd find on like the Playboy channel or some shit like that. <laughs> Speaking of perverts who are probably ghosts or ghosts who are probably perverts, I came across a claim on the internet. And it's not really a claim so much. It was on uh, it was on a Reddit forum called Today I Learned. Today I learned that in 1838. A 14-year-old boy nicknamed The Boy Jones broke into Buckingham Palace and stole Queen Victoria's underwear. 
quite possibly the most epic Pantu raid in history, I would say. <laughs> you would think that it would be like a high stakes national treasure sort of situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas Cage would be in this movie 100%. <laughs> Nicholas Cage would be in any movie 100%. <laughs> yeah, because he, he needs the money, man. I will give Nicolas Cage full credit. He's done a lot of bad movies, but he's done some good ones, too. I just saw, the one I re- saw recently was called Pig. I would say it is easily Nic- my favorite Nicolas Cage performance and maybe the best movie he's ever done. <laughs> really? It is, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Better like than Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah, by a country mile. How do you feel about the Fast and the Furious franchise? I, I, I like the first one, but once he got to the 14th one where they're driving on Mars, I, I'm kind of over it now, right? <laughs> because they came out around the same time. So it's like, I always yeah. look at that Gone in 60 Seconds movie and think, you know, what if? And do you know what they were missing, I think, that that prevented them from transcending in the same way that Fast and Furious did? <laughs> Sequels. <No. laughs> it, it needed more family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Gone in 60 Seconds is a great way to describe Nicolas Cage's paycheck from that movie. <laughs> I mean, seriously, seriously, he spent $150 million on a dinosaur skull. Did you know that? That was a mistake. Yeah, and, and, and he got a few medieval castles. So absolutely no surprise why he needs the money. But speaking of medieval castles, let's go back to this epic panty raid. <laughs> All I can think of is like, I, I'm sure he's had some tax issues. All he needs to do is go outside of his house and pop off a few <laughs> shots every now and again. Oh, yeah, right. Just reduce the value. That's all, Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so, yes, this is absolutely true. In 1838, a 14-year-old boy broke into Buckingham Palace disguised as a chimney sweep. <laughs> uh, a porter stumbled across him, and then there was a foot chase. He got caught on St. James Street, which has, has one of the entrances to the palace. So it's not like he got far, but he got in and out. And when they found him, he had her underwear stuffed down his pants. Ooh. Uh, first of all, I love the fact that he tried to be as a chimney sweep because this is like, he's, he, I like to think he had a, cock, a cockney accent. He's like, hello, governor. I'm just here to swim me cheap. I am, I am. <laughs> it's possibly the most Victorian child profession ever. Yeah. yeah. At the age of 14, he had a full-time job. Two kids and a mortgage. <laughs> But funny story, he was acquitted by a jury. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I guess he, enough having the queen's underwear stuffed in your pants wasn't enough evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only explanation is that he was tried by a jury of his peers and they were like, it's fucking epic. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after being acquitted by a jury, two years passes fairly without incident. Okay. Uh, but then a few days after the birth of Princess Victoria, which, by the way, if you're Queen Victoria and your baby is Princess Victoria fucking nice yeah <laughs> i always think it's cocky to name your child after yourself oh for sure yeah, yeah but yeah. women that like that's that's typically not something like that women do culturally so i love the idea that she did it yeah because the men in the 1800s in england all named the babies so <laughs> yeah just goes to show how much control queen victoria had over her own dominion you know she had control of her her genitive process she was cranking out babies her grandchildren actually, Tsar uh, Nicholas, oh. uh, Kaiser Wilhelm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, oh, wow. Wow. King George. A sure, a, a sure who's who of World War One. Yeah. Problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on every side of World War One, genetically <laughs> speaking. Was she able to secure her underwear is the question, though. I don't know that she wanted them back. I, I think when you're a royalty, you can afford to get new underwear after they bend on the chimney sweeps pants and possibly next to his face. <laughs> oh, God. 
uh, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. He's a 14 year old boy we're talking about. Yeah. Right. But here's a story of a 16 year old boy also named the boy Jones. Are you kidding me? Days after print the birth of princess Victoria, he was discovered by the Baroness Lazen under a sofa in the queen's dressing room. What is it? He changes identity. He just changes. It's no, just, no, no. It's the same identity. Same guy. Boy Jones, Edward Jones. It's the same guy. It's the same guy. It's the same guy. Just two years later. Okay. All right. Uh, this God. time he does get convicted, sent to a correctional facility after his father <laughs> basically throws himself at the mercy of the court, claiming his son is insane. And it's clear that his son does have a fixation with a certain monarch. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, possibly of a sexual nature. A year later, he breaks into Buckingham Palace again, eats a few snacks, gets caught, and then gets sentenced to three months of hard labor. After he gets out, he's forced to join the Navy. <laughs> uh, so he ends up serving in the Navy, but he jumps ship after a year in Portsmouth and starts walking towards London, presumably to break into the palace <laughs> again and steal the queen's underpants. Yeah, he's like, he is still not. I, you know, you, you got to respect the dedication to this chimney sweep, you know? <laughs> this, dude is, else. Uh, this, this dude's a real straight shooter, which is what you look for in somebody <laughs> to lower property values around Buckingham Palace. So he only makes headlines uh, one more time. He gets rescued after going uh, overboard off the coast of Africa in 1844 while in the Navy. In the 1880s, he ends up relocating to Australia, a fitting destination for a career criminal. Oh, yeah. He changes his name from Edward to Thomas to distance himself from his past shenanigans. Then in 1893, he gets stumbling drunk, falls off the parapet of a bridge, and lands on his head. Oh. That's how he died. That's how he dies. Yeah, man. Can you? I want. Can can we go visit his grave and like pay our respects to this epic panty raider, <laughs> the royal panty raider? I should say. And he and he lived to tell the tale until he fell in his own head. It's the natural fate of a of a man who's obsessed with going down under. <laughs> <laughs> but what I thought was really interesting is he's not the last person to famously break into Buckingham Palace. There's a gentleman. Who, by the way, like if you're looking for somebody to pull the strings of a 14-year-old chimney sweep in 1840s London, you look no further than a man named Michael Fagan, who in <laughs> 1982 broke into Buckingham. Apparently, he shimmied up a pipe, startled a maid uh, who reported him. The maid reported him, and then the security was like, we don't believe you. He trips two alarms, which then security flips them back off because they think it's a fault. After, <laughs> after having received a report of an intruder... <laughs> the worst security guards ever oh my god <laughs> I, who is fucking protecting the royal family over there yeah, not that i yep. as an american give half a shit <laughs> about them beyond their basic humanity that's the limit for me yeah uh to go any further would be to assign titles and land in such a way that would be well frankly un-american is michael fagan I mean, is this guy related to the boy Jones? Please tell me yes. I mean, no, it, no. It, it, it's, it's in their blood. It's in their no, blood. No, to, to my knowledge, he is not related to the boy Jones. But he broke in, drank some wine, ate some crackers, sat on a throne, got the fuck out. And he nice. would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those was goddamn <laughs> palace guards the next time he broke in. Oh, so he, he got away with it once completely and broke it. This is the fourth break-in in like 15 minutes. We're getting out of the Buckingham Palace. Well, we're covering 150 years time period in fairly short order, but... That's insane. I mean, like, no one's ever done this in the White House. This is crazy. Oh, there's got to be examples of it. Dear Internet, if you know yeah. of an example of somebody breaking into the White House and stealing one of our president's underpants, please let us know. We are curious and want to know more. It's got to be JFK. It's got to be JFK. Oh, man, I would snip the shit out of JFK's panties. 
That's, I just I did a, I did a Google search for breaking into the White House. The first question is, how protected is the White House? Way more than Buckingham Palace, I would presume. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? You should probably just go ahead and report yourself to the FBI for Googling that while inside of Washington, D.C. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I got First Amendment protection, so I will enjoy that. <laughs> so anyways, this guy, a month after his first break-in, he scales the wall and he ends up tripping some alarms. Again, security decides that the alarms were faulty. Uh, because he didn't get caught the first time. He got he completely got away with it uh, scot-free, which is not the way the Queen likes it. They're <laughs> <laughs> little Scottish independence joke there for you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that was uh, it was good. He got out scot-free the first time. And so the next time the alarms got tripped, they just assumed again that it was a fault. He gets all the way into the Queen's bedchamber. She wakes up. Because he like the, the the report is that he disturbed the curtain, but there is some discussion that he may have actually sat on the foot of her bed while she was asleep. Oh my god! L- like a ghost watching someone jerk off. <laughs> yeah, just like boy, the, the the ghost of the boy Jones was there in the corner just cranking it. <laughs> oh yeah. He, yeah. So she gets out of bed. She goes to get security, and he is promptly arrested and sentenced to what? Three months which is apparently the going rate for breaking into Buckingham Palace. Wow. So he gets sent to a psychiatric facility, again, considered to be unwell. His mother comes to his defense and says that he loves the queen and probably just wanted to have a chat with her. But, fun fact, he wasn't charged criminally because it was not, it was considered a civil infraction. Breaking into the queen's house, stealing her crackers is not a crime until 2005. I get, that's crazy. Um, how can you be sentenced if you didn't break a, uh, if you didn't commit a crime? This is going well beyond my knowledge of English law, as established by the half season of Law and Order UK that I watched, which, by <laughs> the way, is an amazing show because their police do not give a fuck. And it's not yeah, apparently it's not that it's dark. Like it's not it's not any darker or grim. Like the, the shit that we have on uh, America's SVUs and CSIs and Law and Orders is way darker than anything I saw in Law and Order UK. But their their justice system is fucking buck wild. They oh. have there. There's once. Hey, mama, can I have a crunchy? Oh, there we go. Alexa, <laughs> that's a ghost. That's a ghost. <laughs> Harper, please stop making an announcement. I asked you not to make noise while we record my podcast. Announcing. Harper, please stop making an announcement. I ask you not to make noise while we record my podcast. <laughs> that is for sure staying in. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Now we know. Now we know that um, Ryan's house is well surveilled by Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, oh, we're talking uh, Law and Order UK. UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. There, there's there's one episode where like a woman gets murdered in a courtyard and the police are interviewing the, like the neighbors and they go to like the nosy neighbor upstairs and she makes them a cup of tea and they all have a cup of tea and tell her, you know, nobody has to know that you told us this. She gives him some of this goss. And then he immediately goes to one of the suspects and says, according to so-and-so you're cheating on your wife. <laughs> and the wife's like, what <laughs> immediately funny. betrayed this sweet old lady's confidence. Like yeah, apparently like a, you can do like that. <laughs> Sounds like a, yeah. I mean, this is why you should. This is why and this is a good PSA f- for citizens of the United States. This is why you should never talk to cops because they will burn you as a source the first chance they get. They will fucking light your ass on fire. Yep. If it, if it means getting three months in jail for stealing the Queen's crackers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, they'll let you off. They'll let you off with a warning the first time, is my understanding. But the second time, that's when they get you. Because both yeah. of these guys got off the hook the first time. The first one uh, was acquitted, and then the second one got away with it because nobody apparently does their fucking job in 1982. I feel like this is just a, a huge indictment on the American criminal justice system because we're laughing about only three months, but in England, it's probably like, oh, wow, it's a long prison sentence. We're just used <laughs> to people going to jail for petty shit for much longer here. Like, oh, oh man, he stole a, stole a pack of gum. 20 years? Yeah, that seems reasonable. Well, it's a third strike. <laughs> Might as well be 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Or life. <laughs> All right, uh, so this is actually the first time that we are going to break in the middle of the episode to talk advertisement, news announcements, etc. Uh, Matt, do you have any announcements? Uh, you're kind of throwing me to the wolves here. No, I don't. <laughs> no, it, it totally was my idea. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got uh, no news is good news. You know, yeah. you know, what's really funny is I haven't actually arranged for an ad spot. So I'm going to say right now, I'm going to play this ad spot for this podcast. I don't even know what podcast it is. Go ahead and take a listen. I'm sure they'll introduce themselves. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. Ashley is the Mythbuster. Tiresias is finally just like, it was you, okay? <laughs> Waterboard him with this magical gem. That is not a testicle. <laughs> Emily is a cryptid hunter. And it's this guy that's bending over and farting into the face of this absolutely horrified <laughs> Kappa. The Kappa's like, no! <laughs> In some stories, this long, narrow sheet of cotton is also your roll of toilet paper. But it's evil toilet paper. <laughs> And Lindsay is the storyteller. So put your trays in the upright position. We're flying back over to Northern Italy for a fun little legend that will have you rethinking water sports. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Am I pretty? I think I'm a snack. <laughs> She'd be like, what's a snack? Do you have candy? Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Stop on by for a slice, a story, and a laugh. Now Matt and I are going to present that we just listened to that ad spot, and it sounds like a great show, and you should definitely check it out. They publish on whatever day they say they publish, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I would say is the best podcast you should listen to right after listening to ours, so go ahead. <laughs> another another episode you might want to give a listen to, uh, I should be appearing on the Disputed Podcast sometime this week. I was on their live stream show on Thursday. Well, explain to them what Disputed Podcast is, because now they have no idea. So Disputed Podcast is a show in which they take two fictional characters or two pop culture icons and have them face off against each other. And the advocates make the case for which one is essentially better at being awesome. And who did you root for? Uh, I was involved in the case of Ellen Ripley v. Sarah Connor. And I was advocating on behalf of Ellen Ripley, the heroine from the Aliens franchise. Absolutely. I think it's the winning one, too. Yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, by by the time you get to Terminator Dark Fate, Sarah Connor's basically a barfly with a bazooka. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to spoil any of the content that I delivered to them because I think that'd be pretty cheap of me to go on their show and do a bunch of stuff and then repeat the same information on my show when plugging their podcast. So you'll have to go there to find it. 
You can find a link to it on our, we posted about it on Twitter. You can find them at Disputed Pod on Twitter, where they undoubtedly have links to all of their episodes, including the poll to vote. Oh, I will vote for that then. Yeah. And I assume you'll be voting for Ellen Ripley in support of your podcast co-host. Well, I don't want to preview who I'm voting for. It's a secret ballot. I tend to keep it that way, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, Dis- Disputed Podcast, check it out. I've listened to a few of their episodes. It's pretty interesting. It's a good format. And I believe you had one more, one more topic just to, just to, just to round out this turkey dinner. This is the cranberry sauce, folks. It's what you've been waiting for. Cranberry sauce, real quick. Uh, since we just finished Thanksgiving <laughs> recently, and we're moving into Christmas, where cranberry sauce is still an appropriate dish to put on the table. I uh, had cranberry sauce last night for for my dinner. Yeah. Are you a for the whole dinner, or did you put no, it with no. something? In, it was uh, I I was I was at a wine bar and we had five different cheeses and it came with apples and cranberry sauce and that was my dinner. That was half my dinner. <laughs> hey, that's good enough as long as there's cheese on the plate. Play ball. Oh um, yeah, for sure. So, are you a canned cranberry sauce or a homemade cranberry sauce guy? I think when I was a kid, I liked the canned cranberry sauce the best. But as an adult, I have my palate has matured and I am now firmly in camp of the cooked homemade cranberry sauce. I am 100 percent homemade cranberry sauce. I think I liked canned cranberry sauce as a kid. It was jelly. That's how cranberry sauce existed. I didn't know there was a homemade version of it that you could have and eat with your mouth. (laughs) I, I just assumed that cranberry sauce always came in a tin. Yeah, I, we have a good recipe where we put uh, not a lot of sugar in there, but some orange zest and some orange juice, and it's it, it it's sweet, it's tart, it's delightful, it's lovely. Way more complex and interesting, but not as shapely. The texture and the the wiggle or jiggle you get with the cran cranberry. We should have a disputed podcast about canned cranberry versus homemade cranberry sauce to see which one takes. I, it I would I would crush whoever's advocating for tin cans, just like I did last week. <laughs> It's a good Terminator reference. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Well, uh, let's let, let's get into this final and and hilarious topic. I saw a tweet from the uh, United Arab Emirates Exotic Falconry and Finance account. There, at- <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like one of the, that's like alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives. You know, it's just like why are all of these things under the same umbrella? In this case, falconry yeah. and finance just goes together. It's rich people shit. I mean, definitely. Uh, when I was in college, there was a guy who was from the UAE, a student. He was definitely connected because I asked him what he was doing after he graduates. And he's like, oh, I'm going back to the UAE and I'm going to become a second lieutenant in the military there. And one of his hobbies was falconry. It was a public speaking class. He gave a speech on how to train a falcon. He had videos of it. Riveting f- rich guy stuff. He's yeah, like, for sure. first you sew the eyes shut. Oh, God. So that it, it relies on you for all of its senses. It wasn't Hannibal Lecter. I don't know why you're doing this voice. <laughs> Were you trying to do a Middle Eastern voice? Were you, was he trying to no, do a Middle God, Eastern? No, God, no. Okay, no, good. that would good, be good. very inappropriate. I was, that's why I was summoning my Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. It's okay. fancy, but not ethnically specific. That's true. Uh, so this tweet, it says, become ungovernable. And it has a link to a news article that says, Zoo separates five parrots after the birds were caught encouraging each other to swear at guests. <laughs> there are like two things that I love about this. The UAE and that part of the world are not necessarily a geographical area that I associate with governments that encourage people to become ungovernable. <laughs> so, is the UAE exotic falconry and finance account an actual like government organization i don't think so no okay 
No. So that 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 right out the gate, this is obviously a this is obviously a rebel account. Well, it's I don't know if it's rebel. I don't want to say rebel in the Middle Eastern context. That's getting a little close to home these days. I think but it's more I, like Luke Skywalker rebel, not like yeah. <laughs> not like like not like the um, not like Houthi rebels. <laughs> I was, I, I was going to say what, what are the ones in Yemen? Yeah, the Houthi rebels. Yeah. <laughs> so for, the first question is this: There's a claim that these five parrots were separated after they caught swearing at guests. Is this true? It 100% is true, and it brings me so much joy to say that. Now, is this happening at a UAE zoo? Because I could understand, because we're, we're talking about, uh, again, an area of the world where there tends to be a fairly conservative culture, and I could see them separating parrots for swearing. No, this actually happened in the United Kingdom. So this is, there's a sanctuary. They have about uh, 200 African gray parrots, okay. and it's the Lincolnshire Wildlife Center. Uh, maybe it's pronounced Lincolnshire? Maybe. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure. It's Lincolnshire. Yeah, I'm Lincolnshire. not Lincolnshire either. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- there are several news or- articles that point to this wildlife sanctuary actually having to, f- to have these five parrots separated from the rest of the group because they are encouraging each other to swear at guests. <laughs> That's kind of, they should have a podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was good. That was a joke I was going to say later on. But what would you what would you call their podcast about swearing parrots? Maybe don't wreck yourself. They it's just two idiots <laughs> swearing and repeating what they see on the internet. <laughs> Uh, I have I have a few here for their potential podcast. I have a talk. What do you got? Talk birdie to me. Woo! I'm um, into it. How about what the duck? <laughs> if, if it's a, if it's a child parent duo, it could be a chirp off the old block. But but my 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 number one favorite podcast title I would listen to this podcast is called No Egrets. <laughs> <laughs> how about birds of a feather fuck together? Ooh, duck together, maybe, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. We wanted we wanted to get past the censors on Apple. We wanted to get past our zookeepers too. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does this? Ha- First of all, um, what kind of birds are they? So, these are African gray parrots. Do you know anything about these birds, Ryan? I know that they can swear, and they come from Africa. They are extremely smart. They're actually probably the smartest bird species that we know of. The other ones are too smart to be found out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these ones tip their hand a little too much. Um, scientists say that they they rank the highest of non-human animals, uh, in, surpassing that of apes and such cetaceans, which which are whales. Wow. Um, what about ravens? Because they, they say with, ravens are pretty smart, too. No, these are these these are far and away the smartest uh, bird there is. They, they have raven the, brains for breakfast. They have they have the reasoning abilities of a four year old human child. Oh, wow. Do. Yeah, it's crazy. They can learn upwards with the right training. They, they can learn more than a thousand words. And all of them are curse words, apparently. <laughs> right. Um, I, I've taught a four year old to swear. I know it's possible. The next. That's funny. Yeah. Just but just just by virtue of living your own life. Right. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mostly um, my friends, kids. I try to keep my kids pure of mind and body. How this happened is, I think, pretty hilarious. So, again, there's a sanctuary of, of over 200 of these super smart parrots right apparently it's like a jail for the supervillains of the bird world right they had five parrots come in these parrots billy eric tyson and elsie and i sound um, like assholes go on they were all quarantined together one of them knew about these curse words and the other ones start repeating it and so the one parrot would encourage other ones and they would grow the other ones they weren't quarantined with to say you know words like shit fucking damn right (laughs) um the chief zookeeper said they have never had five parrots curse at the same time they say most parrots clam up outside but for some reason these five relish in it (laughs) (laughs) they weren't wanting to ruffle any feathers so they they kept them away from children which is fair um it's actually really funny they don't want you you don't want the birds teaching your kids to swear especially if you paid the parents paid for these to come into this wildlife zoo right so yeah you definitely don't want to 
You want to be walking away knowing that, right? Yeah, and sometimes, and sometimes that old world English swearing can get to be next level. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know how many times they dropped the c word, but <laughs> absolutely, they were probably dropping the c word. But actually, that's not as bad. It'd be really bad if they were, came over here and started calling people the c word in like yeah. Smithsonian Zoo in, in England. That's like saying, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's like it's like, "Hey, mate." Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's one hundred percent true. Uh, my last question here is. Who is to blame for this foul language, right? Well, who who would you say? I like to think that there's no such thing as a bad word, only a bad thought. Okay. So, so we, we you, you can never know what these thoughts are. These if birds. it's if it's said with malice and with the intent of harming someone, then it's a bad word. Uh, or if it's said with an ambivalence towards the harm that it does, those those are the only way things can really be bad. But if they're just trying to ha- have a laugh, then you know. So who's to blame for the foul language? I think people are to blame for the foul language. One for inventing the words. Two for teaching at least one of these birds the words, and then three for being offended at the yeah. words that they taught the birds. <laughs> it's it's quite possible that these birds were not actually taught. It's possible that they just picked up the language, and when they repeat that word, they get a certain reaction that's interesting to them, so they say it over and over again. I think that is what happened. But I definitely think that who's to blame for this? I blame the UAE Exotic Falconry of Finance Division. Yeah, I, I'll tell you who I wouldn't blame, though. The birds? That's Rick Reynolds. Oh, <laughs> you got me. Normally, I do the transition. <laughs> I, know, I love I tried it. To jump it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Although I have, I have, I have heard Rick use the c word before because he's from Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Home of the ghost of the pervert boy George. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, the boy Jones. The boy Jones. There is. There is. Oh man, but uh, so Rick Reynolds. Rick Reynolds. Yeah, Rick. We want to thank him for the use of his song "United" from the album "Portals in Progress." found wherever mp3s are sold i'm trying to do you right now <laughs> oh well, just keep doing me do me hard just go um <laughs> you can find rick reynolds on amazon spotify youtube and instagram uh you can, which is also where you can find us <laughs> <laughs> at some of those places but not all those places yeah not, not really on, we're not yet. on youtube yet yeah no, not yet not yet yeah we're not pretty enough we're not we're not like no that's true yeah Auss- aussie rockers with yeah. uh Sweet jams. What a, what a good looking cunt he is. <laughs> <laughs> the only sweet jams I have are in my fridge. <laughs> I have homemade strawberry preserves and yes, homemade cranberry sauce. So you can find us at Wreck Your Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Good pods, I guess. And you'll yeah, also find yeah. us hanging out on the Cast Junkie Discord server. You will find a link for that in the podcast show notes. So if between now and next week you find yourself Googling the phrase White House break-in, question mark. <laughs> Oops. And you're wondering if the FBI is going to be knocking on your door in the next week. And you can't wait to find out in our next episode if Matt's even going to be here or if he's going to be in a federal prison being interrogated, possibly even waterboarded. Be sure to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. <laughs> we are united, but we're so far apart and it won't change. Oh